Time for a bit of soccer. Time for a bit of football of the round ball variety. Time for the beautiful game with a British twist. Welcome to EPL Junkie. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of EPL Soccer Junkies. And the season is well and truly underway now. Champions League action midweek. And we have... Friday night football coming up. Who would have thought that such a thing would find a place in the English Premier League? I'm Martin Rogers, joined as always by the soccer diva Sophie Nicolau. How are you doing today, Sophie? I'm doing excellent. Thank you, Martin. Uh, I've missed you. How, how's, how's, how's stuff? Everything's good. Everything's good, especially uh, as, a, as a Leicester City fan. The, the fairy tale of the Premier League, it very much looks like, will not be repeating itself. But hey, why not another fairy tale to begin? I thought tremendous victory in the Champions League this week. All this stick that I've gotten from Tottenham fans over the last uh, few weeks, over the opening weeks of the season, suddenly seems to have gone just a little bit quiet, Sophie, and how sweet that is. As the song goes, and it's all gone quiet over there... <laughs> Well, it has, isn't it? They were poor, weren't they? I thought Tottenham against Monaco. And here's the thing. Tottenham fans are saying, oh, this is no time to overreact. It wasn't such a big game. Of course it was a big game. First game in the Champions League this season. Big game hosting hosting at Wembley Stadium. Significant occasion for the club. And I thought they fluffed their lines. I had a very um, in-depth discussion with a bunch of my cousins who were Tottenham fans, Martin. And I kind of tried to illustrate the perils of playing at Wembley. You know Arsenal in the... 90s when we went mm. to Wembley Stadium thinking that we could conquer Europe. Uh, poor results against Barcelona, Fiorentina, humiliated 4-2 actually by Barcelona uh, in the Champions League that year. It's not the same. You cannot compare. Look, we're seeing it with West Ham too, aren't we, Martin? You can't compare the intimacy of White Hart Lane and uh, Upton Park and Highbury with Wembley, with Wembley Stadium. Completely yeah, it, it, different. It becomes a neutral site. And you give away one of the most significant advantages in football, which is the advantage of, of home field, you know, of home field. Um, I, th- I think West Ham will get to grips with the Olympic Stadium over time. I think more than anything, it's not so much the size of the stadium. It's just the concept of familiarity. And I think once West Ham have played sort of 10, 12, you know, 15 games there, I think it will feel perhaps just as much uh, like home as what Upton Park did. But I think when you try and sort of parachute into a stadium for just, you know, a couple of games, three, four games a season, uh, then it does become difficult. And it's interesting you mentioned that about Arsenal, Sophie. That was actually my first year in journalism, and I covered a few of those games uh, for Arsenal at Wembley, and it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same Arsenal team, and and they soon abandoned the idea pretty quickly afterwards. Yeah, it was, you just lost, the team felt lost, the, the pitch is bigger, um, and like you said, it's not a home game, and it's laughable to me when Spurs fans say, oh, we sold out our home game, and I'm like, it's not even your home ground, and and it was funny because I think they just got a little bit defensive in trying to protect their team, whereas deep down, I, I always felt like they had this fear that this would happen, and, and Monaco looked much more at home on that turf than Tottenham did, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they fare, because remember, they had a really exceptional Champions League season last time uh, they were in the competition under Harry Redknapp, Gareth Bale, Sean. Uh, really, it was that it was those performances that that uh, opened the eyes of Real Madrid as well, wasn't it, Martin? So it's oh, going to be. Oh, and I, I think it made Bale himself realise just how good he was. I think, didn't it? I think, totally. I think he, he got a real confidence lift off that too. Yeah, totally, totally. It's been an interesting start to the season. Your Foxes did really well in the Champions League, but they haven't fared as well in the Premier League. What do you think the difference is there, Martin? For, for Leicester City. 
there's a few things. Look, I mean, there's a target on the back, no question about it. I mean, now you know, other teams come to play us, and it's just it's not just another fixture. It's our oh, chance to to topple the champions. Uh, yeah, the, the run of last season was so magical, but it wasn't something that realistically um, was likely to repeat itself. And yeah, we, we've we've come up against some some tough teams. I mean, it hasn't been an easy start to the season. Obviously, Hull there was a disappointing result in week one. Um, but then you know, Arsenal at home, Liverpool away. That was a game that Leicester lost last season as well it is going to take a bit of time I think the European stuff may actually help in that sense now maybe sort of restore a little bit of confidence and Leicester looked tremendous against Bruges um, but also I hate to say it but teams are a little bit wise to, to what Leicester does now Yeah, um, you know, I- people have sort of started to look more closely at these sort of matches, whereas before, you know, you, you, it wasn't it wasn't one of the the games that was ringed on the on the calendar. Now it is, and I, I worry a little bit for the backline. I think Wes Morgan is perhaps a step slower than he was last season. Slight concern there. Yeah, I think that you should have strengthened at the back. I think you'll get better as you go along. Mares really stepped it up against uh, Bruges in the Champions League. I think Vardy will find his feet, and there's no doubt after the season that you had, you're going to have a hangover of some sort. So I don't think you should hit the panic button just yet. No, uh, sure. And, and, and sorry to interrupt, but but like here's the thing as well. Part of what happened in the back end of last season was because of what had happened at the front end. What I mean by that is Leicester rode this incredible wave of momentum for the back half of the season that that was simply because of the fact of the position they were in and what had come before it. That that sort of thing, very difficult to to replicate. Um, I I wanted to get your thoughts quickly, Sophie, on Manchester City. Four Mm. wins from four to start the season, looking great under Pep Guardiola and an away victory in the Manchester derby under their belt. The real deal this time around, do we think, or still got something to prove? I feel like maybe five more games before I eat my words because I'm one of the people that sat in the corner and said that Pep Guardiola is going to find it very difficult to adapt to the Premier League. It's a completely different uh, pace. It's a completely different commitment week in, week out. Um, what, I, when I, what I think, Martin, is that we're really going to be able to judge him when we get to um, the, the Christmas holidays because he's used to having a winter break. He's used to playing in leagues where his team arrested and so I'm not sure we can call it just yet but it's a sensational start to the season it's incredible to see what he's getting out of some of these players who were so poor uh, last year and and Raheem Sterling is one who you and I have completely ripped to pieces in the last year or so and he is he's a completely different player and so you have to say that it's a phenomenal start Um, But I'm not sure that we can say he's conquered the Premier League just yet. I want to wait until that winter break that he usually gets. Let's see what he does once the FA Cup kicks in, the League Cup kicks in, the Champions League really is underway, and then his team doesn't get that break at Christmas. No, good point. I I, I do think it's a good point. I I think it's a funny one, isn't it? I think that we all... Yeah, I think everyone's points about you know how you know this league is very different to what Guardiola has been used to and so on are still completely valid. But I think it's almost flipped. I think it's that the league has to get used to Guardiola more so than him getting used to the league. I think he's playing this sort of different style, uh, and you know it, it's almost on the other teams to adapt to it rather than uh, you know because it's so effective up until this point. I think he's finally getting the best out of players who always had the ability but were being stifled 
somewhat under the previous managerial regime. And I tell you what, if the rest of the pack isn't careful, then Manchester City could start to open up a gap and begin to uh, be in danger of running away with this one. I thought it was a convincing win in the derby. I think when you have players like Kevin De Bruyne given the platform and given the license to do what they do best, then they're going to be very, very difficult to stop. But I tell you what, it's, uh, it, it's certainly a pretty strong signal of intent so far, isn't you, it? You know what? You just made a really great point that um, not a lot of people have kind of touched on. Everyone keeps talking about Pep adapting to the Premier League. But now, after these initial four games, you do have to say that the league has to adapt to Pep. He's completely in that derby. Uh, Martin, I'm not sure if you agree, but his tactics compared to Mourinho seemed like they were light years ahead. And Mourinho seemed like he was in the football dark ages. United yeah. didn't even know what hit them in that first half. No, I agree with you. And, and I think modern soccer is a game for the innovator, not someone who just goes out and does something completely crazy, but these subtle little changes. Uh, and, and it's a game for the innovator because everyone else takes too long to catch up. And I'll be honest with you, Leicester City were a huge beneficiary of this last season. Mm-hmm. Teams didn't quite know how to handle what, what, what Ranieri was doing. And now, obviously, you know they, they do catch up. We've seen it with Spain. Like How long did it take the rest of the world to catch up with what Spain was doing? on an international level um, so that, that's one thing that Guardiola really does bring and I think it's something that the English football the Premier League hasn't quite seen before they've seen variations of it they, they've seen versions of it but just this ability to move the ball in that way like you suggested you know, is going to take teams seeing Manchester City at least a couple of times if not more before they really feel comfortable playing against it totally I mean I think Man United were freaked out for the best part of the game when they came kept seeing John Stones, you know, way above the halfway line, Um, you know, especially in the second half when City just felt even more comfortable. Uh, And he measures things in meters, doesn't he? Pep Guardiola, he's he's such a, I mean, he's a professor. He's a professor of football. And and I think that really in that game, he outshone um, Jose Mourinho. And after the Europa League game for Manchester United too, losing against Feyenoord, I'm not saying that United are in trouble at all, but you have to say that since Mourinho left Real Madrid and his time at Chelsea, yes, he won the league in between, but that last season at Chelsea, you know, he's got a lot to prove in my opinion. And Paul Pogba has not delivered as yet. I know it's early on and I know that he's had a long football season and he played in at Euro um, 2016 as well. But, you know, if he doesn't work out, the fingers are going to be pointing. And you have to say that Pep inherited players from Pellegrini. Mourinho inherited players from LVG and and uh, and Pep is doing a lot better with what he's inherited and added as opposed to what Mourinho's done so far agree. I do think City, I think Guardiola inherited a better squad, but also there was uh, far more spending on the United side over the summer, so Mm -hmm. that perhaps evens out there. Let's take a look at the fixtures coming up. We do have, like I said, Friday night football, uh, in England at least. Uh, It's it's a 3pm Eastern time kickoff on Friday. Chelsea against Liverpool. It's a really good one. Um, And uh, I, I tell you what, for both teams, an important stage of the season. Both teams with high aspirations 
aspirations. Liverpool under Klopp, hoping they can go a little bit better, force their way into the Champions League places. Chelsea certainly with an eye on the title, two points back from City at the top of the table. What do you like about this matchup? What do you like? Uh, who do you like in terms of who's going to win it? I'm fascinated about this game. Um, David Luiz will probably make his debut for Chelsea since signing back from PSG. Uh, Jurgen Klopp uh, had, uh, you know, a great performance against <coughs> your Leicester last weekend. Uh, sorry no, about, no, sorry no, about no, that, no, mate. Very, very <laughs> um, and it's really fascinating, the Friday Night Lights thing. I, I think fans aren't used to this yet. I think it's fun. I, I actually think that the Premier League have done a great thing here. It's the end of the week. It's an exciting time going into, into the weekend. And what better way to end the work week, Martin, than uh, a Friday night game? And I'm not sure if there are any stats for Friday night games, but I managed to find the couple. Uh, Liverpool have won um, for, well, let's see, hold on one second. Uh, the Blues have only lost once on a Friday in the Premier League, and the last time that happened was 4-2 against Charlton in 2003, and I'm thinking Alan Kerbishley was probably manager no, back then. I'm just trying to think why they would have played on a Friday. Me I mean, too. All I can think of the Christmas period, maybe, is, is you know, if, if Boxing Day fell on a Friday or New Year's Day or something like that, but uh, very, very few, uh, you know, uh, games on a Friday. I mean, you and I growing up, Sophie, you know, English soccer has been fairly rigid in uh, in its timing of matches, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. When we grew up, it was Saturday afternoons and obviously even with TV coming in, yes, Monday night, Sunday afternoon, so on, but very rarely on a Friday. It's a new innovation. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. Uh, do you think fans are going to adopt to it? Do you feel, do you, do you think it's a really good idea? I think it's a great idea. I think that we're going to find, and I'm not sure that why they're being inconsistent, why why wouldn't they have a game every Friday like they do Sunday and Monday? Is this a test period? Is that... I'm, I'm not, I'm not yeah, quite... It's, it's, a, it's a test and it, it gets a little complicated with the with the TV rights. I do think okay. that by the time the next TV deal comes in, it'll kind of, uh, you know, it'll be a little more clear cut, if you like. And, uh, and I, I do think we'll see it. I do think we'll see, you know, a, a regular situation where we have... You know the, the the Friday night game. We have the couple of games on Sunday, one on a Monday, and the poor old three uh, three p.m. kickoff on a Saturday is, is rapidly going by the wayside. <laughs> right. So. Well, if if uh, if the research is correct, apparently Liverpool have played five Premier League games uh, on a Friday and have won four, and their only loss was two. My mighty Gunners. So it's going to be interesting to see. I, I fancy Liverpool in this fixture. Um, Chelsea have lost just once in their last eight Premier League games against uh, Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool have conceded in all of their last eight away games, Martin. They did beat Liv- uh, They did beat Chelsea 3-1 last season in this fixture at Stamford Bridge. So, And I think Jurgen Klopp's team are going to fancy their chances. And it seems like they really rise to the occasion, uh, occasion a lot more um, with the bigger teams than they do with some of those uh, mid-tier teams and lower league, um, lower place teams in the Premier League. Yeah, they, they do. I, and I, I agree with you on that. I do think Chelsea probably had the edge. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Chelsea win. I, I've been pretty impressed by what I've seen from Conte so far. I thought they were, you know, obviously average last week, but up until then uh, had looked very, very strong. Uh, the Swansea game was a strange one in some ways. Um, uh, what, what did you make of, of, of Gary Cahill's claim about the foul. I thought uh, Leroy Fair, it was a pretty 
fair challenge, but uh, but yeah, I mean, Ch- Chelsea certainly sort of dodged the bullet there. Perhaps. I think it was uncharacteristic of Cahill the way he complained about it, and kind of I felt like he was being a little bitchy about it, to be honest with you, which was unlike unlike Cahill. I think that you know because uh, in the end, I felt like they were quite lucky to pull it back to two two, to be honest yeah, with you. And Diego Costa, uh, if it, you know, a lot of people have um, moaned about Costa and his behaviour, and you can't you cannot deny that the guy works hard in a game yes he's he's a tricky character and he does very naughty things but he's really the one that galvanized that team in that game and if it wasn't for him uh, I think Chelsea would have walked away with a loss in that game against the Swans I think you're right yeah and, and a great finish and obviously definitely one for the highlight reels with the bicycle kick we'll quickly run you through the uh, the remaining fixtures uh, hold the Arsenal uh, that's on uh, on Saturday that'll be 10 o'clock Eastern time as is Leicester v Burnley Manchester City hosting Bournemouth and West Brom hosting West Ham United at the later game uh, which will be 12.30 Eastern on Saturday Everton against Middlesbrough and then on Sunday we have 7am uh, Eastern Watford v Manchester United We'll see how uh, United respond from a difficult week. Uh, And then later on, Crystal Palace against Stoke. Southampton v Swansea. And then the Sunday fixtures rounded off with Tottenham against Sunderland. Nothing too appetising, Sophie, after the Chelsea v Liverpool game. What are you, uh, what's going to be on your viewing radar? I think there's a couple of managers that if they lose this weekend, Martin, might be in a little bit of trouble. Wanted to ask you about um, Mark Hughes in particular, who spent a lot of money at Stoke City playing another manager who got a little bit lucky in a win against Middlesbrough last week, uh, Alan Pardew at Crystal Palace, and David Moyes at Sunderland, um, who's playing a very difficult um, away game to Spurs. I think if we're kind of doing the overreaction start to the season, I would say those three managers right now, if they don't get a win or two in the next few games, they could find themselves in a spot of bother. Yeah, a difficult position for Stoke. Obviously, one point from four games and shipped a ton of goals so far. Uh, definitely need some kind of bounce back, if you like. It, probably a decent fixture for them. But yeah, I mean, a home home defeat to West Brom could certainly put Hughes uh, uh, among the early favourites on the <laughs> on the managerial hot seat, as it were. Um, I, I think you're right. I think Moyes will, will get some time. They've clearly you know, put some sort of measure of faith in him and they see him perhaps as a, a long-term project. But you know what fans are like in the Premier League. There is no loyalty and there is no patience. <laughs> and uh, again, you know, what one to, one to look out for, yeah. No, it's... I, it's, it's I think the other... I think, um, I, you know, I think Mark Hughes in particular, though, he's spent a tremendous amount of money. I mean... When you look at the type of money, I mean, Stoke, I think, have spent more than Arsenal maybe in the transfer season this summer. They've, they've really gone for it and they've been poor. They, not only have they been losing, but they've been so poor. So this game for them, I think, is massive. I think it's a massive game for both clubs. The other game I wanted to bring to your attention, a team that finds themselves, I think the Toffee fans are probably really super dizzy um, up in third place there in the Premier League right now. Kuman has got off to a really good start. Lukaku seems to be finding his feet after a poor Euro 2016. It's a nice fixture for them at home against Middlesbrough, um, who haven't won at Goodison Park since uh, 2000, and uh, they've only scored like one in five games. I fancy Everton, and if they get another three points here, I think there's going to be a conversation uh, starting about, oh, could Everton be the Leicester City of this year? 
<laughs> steady on now. Steady on. Let's, let's not go crazy. Yeah, I, I tell you, it has been a good start. Koeman obviously is a manager who knows what he's doing, and it, you know it, it, he's got his team very physically well prepared, as he has done in previous seasons. But yeah, Everton definitely seem to be responding to him, and they, you know he's been impressive, and they've been impressive. The players certainly look energised, and you have to think that if uh, if Lukaku continues hitting the back of the net in that sort of fashion, uh, then it then it definitely bodes well for their chances. I don't think their squad is particularly deep. I don't think it's necessarily going to be deep enough to, to sustain a challenge even for the, the top four or top six. But, uh, you know, a, a good start for a good manager uh, and certainly hats off to Ronald Koeman. We're pretty much out of time for this week. So make sure you check back with us next week on EPL Soccer Junkies. Plenty more coming up. There's going to be another uh, full uh, fixture list next weekend and some cracking fixtures amongst them as well, including Arsenal against Chelsea. Plenty to look forward to on behalf of the Soccer Diva, Sophie Nicolau and me, Martin Rogers. We'll catch you soon.